Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is the audio version of our live Sunday morning gathering. To view our live Sunday morning gathering, go to pcctoday.com. Come on. Are you excited or what? Isn't that amazing? 21 people got baptized. Praise God. Praise God. And just so you know, we've set this goal for 50 this year, right? Everybody know that? Someone's like, well, how close are we? We have 36 people that have been baptized so far this year. Come on. And we're going to go over 50 in Jesus' name. Sound good? All right. Hey, we get to welcome new members this morning. More joy. And so um, I want to welcome up. Um, and you now... I always say, hold your applause till the end, but that never happens. So I'm just going to let it roll. Are you ready? So Nicola Coaster, Nicola Coaster, are you here? Come on down, come on down. Yes, there she comes. Ian Lautner, Ian. Harrison Mitchell. Now, before I read this last name, I'm really excited uh, because the range of age that people are getting members today, 24 to 91, 91. And you'll never guess who's 91. Jim Muir, will you come on down? Give it up for Jim. I think we need a big applause for this. This is pretty cool. Come on, Jim. So good. Yes. And, I, and Jim has the right haircut. That's all I got to say. All right. Monas and Pooja. Woo! Yes. And Vera Sheshkov. Vera Sheshkov. Lori Sai, Lori Sai, let's go. Yes. And finally, Dora Ibarra. Dora Ibarra, where are you? Dora, are you here? Okay. All right. If I could have the deacons go ahead and come down, that'd be great. And we're going to pray over you. We have some amazing, let's clap for our deacons. We have some awesome deacons. Yes. So good, yes. Welcome, everybody. And maybe if I could have the, every, all the new, de- new members st- just take a step forward and deacons come on behind, that'd be great. Yes, Jim, what were you going to say? You tell them we need that prayer. That's right, we need that prayer. Amen. Amen. That's so good. <laughs> come on. Hey, would we all clap for everybody one more time? That's exciting. Yes. All right. And extend your hands this way. Father, we thank you for the new members. We thank you for people that are all in with what God's doing at Portland Christian Center. We thank you that our best days are right in front of us. And I pray for every person from 24-year-old all the way to 91 young. I bless them in the name of Jesus. I pray for fruitful ministry. And I ask, Lord, that every single person would find their gift, their calling, and be 
activated in the kingdom of God because the mission is great and the calling is worth our lives. We're so grateful. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you give it up for our members one more time? Yes. I got to get a handshake. Bless you guys. Bless you guys. Hey, looking good, Arnie. Yes. Come on, Leroy. Mike, you're looking good too. Go Ducks. Go Beavers. Oh. Hey, come on. Go Huskies. Purple and gold. All right. Oh, what? What? I know. I know. Cougars won too. I mean, I don't want to get too, too, is it okay if I go there just for a quick second? The Pac-12, we're going out strong. That's all we're going to say. Come on, Pac-12. It's okay. It's okay. Wow. And as long as the Huskies take it all, we're all good in Jesus' name. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's okay to laugh in church. Turn your neighbor say it's okay to laugh. It's okay to laugh. Hey, I want to give, um, we have a little bit of family business, a lot of things I want to share uh, before I get into the message. So hold on to your hats. We've got a few things I want to share. The, f- the first one is, we've kind of been sending emails out, but this Wednesday, if you haven't looked at the lineup, you need to check it out and make sure you're coming. Uh, we have something I'm really passionate about. Uh, Mayel and I are going to be leading a class on marriages Please come check it out. Um, it's going to be a fantastic time. You don't want to miss that. Leroy's got a class for the men. That's going to be great. Um, so that, that's going to be fantastic. And then Naomi Inman's leading a class as well called on tactics, how to defend your faith, ap- apologetics. It's all going to be great. There's something for your kids, uh, for your students. Youth ministry's been fire. Let's go, students. Where are you at? Okay. Kids ministry. So all that's happening this Wednesday. Can you believe it? It's September 13th coming up. I mean, it's September already, guys. A lot has happened. So um, that's going to be great. And then on Friday, I need, where's all the ladies at? I need a shout out for the ladies. All right, ladies, we got to hear you a little bit louder. Ladies, where are you at? There we go. You have a sisterhood soiree this Friday. You need to be here. Pastor Mael told me it's going to be incredible. 6.30 to 8.30 right here in the sanctuary. Husbands, say, ladies, it's time to go. Come on, husbands. Let's, oh, well, guys, let's try that again. Husbands, you ready? I know. Ladies, like, see, I've been trying to tell them, you know, instructions. All right. Husbands, tell your wives, ladies, it's time to go. I've got the kids. I've got the food. We're falling apart, guys. We're falling apart. Maybe we need to teach a class later on that. All right. But we want to cheer you on, ladies. It's going to be awesome. And uh, make sure you're there this Friday. You don't want to miss the soiree. Um, Also with family things, there's a a couple of things that we want to um, let you know about. There are a few staff transitions that we want to make sure everyone's aware of. Uh, The first one, there's going to be two that I'm going to be talking about. The first one, uh, Pastor Paul. Um, he has uh, graciously stepped in part-time to transform our starting point series and oversee connections and uh, uh, connections experience, excuse me. But his true calling and passion is with first love skateboarding. Did you guys know that they actually moved to Portland to do that? And so we are going to be praying and launching him um, to be focused completely on launching a skate church. Isn't that exciting? And uh, he's, yeah, we clap for that. 
he's also going to be finishing his degree. And so we want him to succeed in all that God is doing in him as he pursues his calling. Now, the good news is uh, they're not leaving our church. Uh, They're just launching a ministry. We want him to go all in with that. Isn't that exciting? Very cool. And then um, the the next one that we want to announce is, is Laird will also be transitioning off our staff. By the way, Laird is extremely talented and historically has contributed to the success of the choir and orchestra. Over time, his role has transitioned and he's no longer doing what he is passionate about. He's been helping with videos and lots of other things, but his true gifting is with music and musical arrangements. Here's the thing, we love Laird. We love Laird. And we look forward to honoring him. Now make sure you're here October 1st because we will be honoring him for 20 years of service here at Portland Christian Center. Isn't that amazing? Now, as you can tell, just like this service, there are things that seems to be ups and downs and all over the place. Jesus is king over all. He is Lord over all. And as a pastor, one of the things that we are always guarding and shepherding our hearts is that we trust him because he orders our steps. The Bible says that man makes their plans, but our steps are ordered of the Lord. And it's important that we talk about transitions and seasons because that's happening to all of us. I don't know if you've looked in the mirror lately, but things change. Am I right? And it's okay. It's okay. In fact, it's important that we embrace those things because if we don't embrace what God has for us in seasons of change, we will miss the opportunities he lays in right in front of us. And with Paul and Laird, we love them and we are blessing them. And we know that God has something great for them and he has something great for every single person here in this room and watching online. And what we want to communicate more than anything is that Jesus is on the move. Amen? And we get to be a part of it. We're a part of his mission, which is to go and make disciples. And if it's his mission, it's our mission. Let's try that again. If it's his mission, it's our mission. Absolutely. And so today, we're going to get into Romans. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn that. We are finishing Romans 16 today. Can you believe it? I think we need to applaud for every single person. You guys made it. Say, you made it. You made it. Romans 16 has been, uh, the whole book has been fantastic, obviously. Um, It's one of my favorite books in Scripture. And we're just getting ready to finish it. And I want to open up the the dialogue and discourse around Romans 16 by setting it up, making sure we understand that when Jesus Christ died and rose Again, that is the hinge point of everything that we're believing in Jesus' name. Like this whole faith, everything that we're doing, if Christ did not die and rose again, it's all for naught. All of it. It's all based upon what Jesus has done. And so when Jesus rose again, he said to his disciples to stay in Jerusalem, wait for the Holy Spirit to fill you with power. And then once you're filled with power, 
then go and preach the gospel all over the world. Then Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And then it says to the ends of the earth. That's the mission. Then we see in Acts 1.8 that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. It will be my witnesses. He'll be, give you a power to be bold wherever you go. Then all of a sudden in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes. They're all praying in the upper room. And boom, tongues of fire. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues. And the gospel from that moment gets launched all over the world. And it hasn't stopped. And so Paul is writing. And, and I, I want to say that because this, this next part can kind of seem funny. Because whenever you read through the Bible you get to these points where lots of names are read. And it feels like a family reunion that you don't know anybody that's there. And they're saying name after name, and you cannot pronounce half of it. But I, I want you to try and get this with the canvas or the backdrop that Paul is excited and he's encouraging these people because they are partnering with the Holy Spirit, moving the gospel forward in a place in Rome where people are, are not exactly for Christianity, they're for Caesar, they're for making money, they're for indulging the flesh, but they're not for Jesus. And these churches are being started and they're spread all over the world. And so Romans 16 verse 1 is where we're going to pick up and it says this, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in century. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you. For he has, she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Let's go, Phoebe! <laughs> Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Epenetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews, who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles. Outstanding. Let's go. Among the apostles. And they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampelitus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stychus. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tyrephana and Tyrephosa. I'm on fire. Man, these words are hilarious. Anybody else with me on this? Let's go. All right. Those women who work in the Lord. By the way, I practiced and I practiced and it still is a struggle, but it's, it's all good. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who, was who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Greet Asyncritus, Phalegon, Hermes. Patrobas, Hermes, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philagavis, Julia, Nerus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the church's people, all the churches of Christ send greetings. I want to pause right there. Let's take a breath. 
One thing I want you to know, besides the fact that names are sometimes not always easy to pronounce, is of the 26 people Paul greets, nine are ladies. I was expecting a little more than that, but that's okay. <laughs> Phoebe was the first one mentioned. She's possibly a wealthy Gentile, and she's a Christian who delivered Paul's letter to the Romans. Now, it's, it's really important to look at the word daikanos, which is where we get the word servant, assistant, and deacon. It's very interesting that in the Bible that she is given the title of deaconess, which literally is translated as servant. Did you know that we have deacons in our church? We have people that serve God. And what I love about this passage and so far is the diversity that we see in this early church. You have Jews, you have Greeks, you have men, you have women. Everybody is serving God and preaching the gospel. What it shows me is that even in diversity, even when we don't agree on every single little thing, that there can be unity under the banner of Jesus Christ and the gospel can be propelled and preached. And it should be because God has called all of us who love him to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. I was excited about it. That's okay. All right. I'll work on it. I'll get you going more. It's cool. It's cool. Verse 17. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Can I get a hallelujah? Man, we should underline that one. That's a good one. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greetings. Erastus, who is the city's director of public works, and our brother Cordus, send you their greetings. Now, at the very end, there's something that's pretty cool. It's called a doxology. So I'm like, what is a doxology? It's a short hymn of praises to God. And often Paul would end his letters with a doxology that oftentimes the early church, many uh, church historians say that they would actually sing these. I'm not going to sing it for you. I'll read it just to spare you. But I want you to hear it from that context. It's pretty cool. He says, now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith, to the only wise God, to glory forever, through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Romans. I thank you that we have an opportunity to grow, to become more like Jesus. And I pray that we would receive your word this morning in power 
in truth. May it change us. May you transform our hearts. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This past summer was one for the record books for the Linseth family. Here's why. We sent our oldest son to youth camp. Maybe you don't understand why that was such a record book thing for me. You see, I have been a youth pastor. Myel and I have done the whole camp thing many, many times. Who's been to a summer camp, by the way? Let's see a show of hands. Some of you haven't been to summer camp? It's not too late. Pastor Jason's looking for volunteers. Next week, all right, I saw people, did, I'll get you the names right after service. But we sent Titus on a bus by himself without us. And I didn't realize as a parent how hard that is. You see, being a youth pastor on that side of the, the, of the, of the seat, we, we would see all these parents crying and hugging their kids and saying goodbye. And we always thought, come on, people. It's not that bad. Seriously. Get over it. But man, I'm not going to lie. I was having a hard time. And, you know, we're giving him a hug and parents giving hugs. We made sure he had all this stuff and he's getting loaded up. And I see all these other parents and they're saying goodbye to their kids, you know, all these different things. And Titus gets on the bus. And as he's getting on there, I have one last thing I want to tell him. And now you're thinking... What's the last most important thing that you should tell your son when they're going to camp? The most important thing. Don't forget this, Titus. Here's what I said. Make sure you put on your sunscreen. (laughs) Yes, I am that parent. To this day, I'm thinking, why why was that what I said? I could have said, do you have your Bible? Do you have your shoes? I don't know. There's lots of things. I'm praying for you. I love you, buddy. One more last thing. No, the last thing I want Titus to hear from me is put on sunscreen. The reason I say that to you is Paul is telling us in the midst of congratulations and excitement and cheering on the church and propelling them forward and encouraging everybody, in the middle of all of this, what would see wonderful joy, he throws out one last bit of warning. And if we're not careful, we'll miss it. We'll treat it like, don't forget your sunscreen. What we have to realize is that there's a battle for your soul going on right now. There's a battle for the church. And Paul's little warning, it's so interesting because he's got all this fun and greeting. I mean, I love a party, huh? Let's go. But it's just like in the middle of all of this, he throws in this, watch out. Pay attention. Be careful. And if you're not careful, you'll miss it. And a lot of people do. And he says, be very careful and watch out. And he highlights two very important things. Divisions and false teaching. And oftentimes the false teaching is what causes division. 
And what's this false teaching really about? What arose in the middle of the gospel spreading were these people that would show up and they would start saying things and preaching another gospel that was not the gospel. And what ended up happening is these people went from following Jesus and people start falling away, not following God. Why? Because they listened to bad teaching. And I just want to say this really clearly, really importantly. One of your most important responsibilities as a follower of God is to be a student and study the Word of God. It's not enough for you to come on Sunday mornings and listen to me talk. You have to take this home and read God's word. You have to study God's word. And I would also say this, don't do it by yourself. You need a community around you. Why? Because sometimes when you're by yourself, you believe and think weird things. Come on. Let's be real. But when you open the word and you study it, and you go deep in God's word, you realize that there is actually a war for the truth about God says. And so today I was thinking about my big, the big idea and, and I kept coming back to it and I was trying all these different things and I think what I landed on is exactly what God has for us as we end Romans and that's this. It's the opposite of a bad teacher. It's the opposite of the lies. It's the opposite of what the enemy wants you to believe. Because here's the truth. This encapsulates all of what Romans is trying to be teaching. And here's what it is. This is your big idea. I hope you're writing this down. Salvation is by grace alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone. I was hoping for a little more power on that one. Let's try that again. Salvation is by grace alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone. There we go. We're alive. We're alive. Is it grace and merit? No. Is it faith and works that saves me? Is it Christ in me? How good I am? No. Grace alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone. It's all because of Jesus. When you read through Romans, you see this beautiful picture of how we are saved and transformed. It's not by works. It's not by how good you are. It's not by the car that you drive or the two poodles in your house. All of the good works you have done is not what saves you. But there's a false gospel that's trying to get you to believe lies. Paul's warning all of us watch out, pay attention. Don't fall asleep. Don't be so entertained with flattery and smooth speeches. Boy, don't we live in a culture where YouTube is trying to teach us everything. You see, the truth is we don't suffer for lack of information. We struggle for application and truth. Maybe we need to put some things away and get back to the word of God. Because you shall know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. And so Paul does a beautiful job of saying, watch out. The question is, will you pay attention? Will you listen to what the Word of God says? You see, Portland Christian Center, you were designed to flourish. You were designed to 
push back the gates of hell, and they will not prevail. You were designed to be more than conquerors. I look at every single one of you. By the way, you're looking good this morning. And those online by faith, you're looking good too. But you are called to change the world around you. Not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. And how how do we do that? Paul gives us three marks of a church that's prevailing, that's growing, that's paying attention. And I want to give you three of them. And they're components for a healthy church. You ready? Number one. The first component of a healthy church is that they're known for their obedience to Christ. What are you known for? Is it your moped? What are you known for? Your job? Are you known for the size of your family? I know some people that are so proud of, I'm known for my cooking. I'll eat. (laughs) What are we known for? Paul says that you should be known for your obedience to Christ. Verse 19, everyone has heard about your obedience. How many people have heard about it? Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you, but I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. What are you known for? In Genesis 39, there's a quick story about a man named Joseph, and I don't have time to unpack it all the way for you, but he goes from living with a family to being sold as a slave, to being in the house of a man named Potiphar. And Potiphar's wife has eyes for Joseph. She's like, man, you are one fine Hebrew. <laughs> and she, day after day, she's trying to get him. And I want you to hear Joseph's response. She comes at him one more time, and he doesn't just say, no, no, get away from me, lady. He says that. He doesn't say, no, 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 I don't want to do something wicked against Potiphar. I like him. I like what I'm doing. I'm, everything he's given me is trust me. I don't want to do all that. I don't want to do that. But listen to why he says no to her. The most important reason. Verse 9. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? One of the most important things that we can remember is that obedience is tied to fearing God in a healthy way. What does Proverbs say? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You see, we like to talk about grace and mercy, but have we lost the fear of God? When we obey him, everybody else watches. I'll never forget being in high school, and I was invited to a party. First time I'd ever been invited to a party. I know, right? You're surprised. You would think I'd been invited a lot more. But no, first time. It was my senior year, and they invited me to this party. And I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. Found out what was going to be happening at this party. It wasn't good. There was going to be drugs. There was going to be alcohol. 
And there was also going to be, as they put, girls. Come on, don't lie. We all know what we're talking about here. And I'll never forget telling my friend, I'm sorry, I'm not going. And the look of disgust on their face. You think you're too good for me. You think you're, too, you think you're better than us. And I, I looked at him straight in the eye and I said, I'm sorry, but I'm more afraid of my dad than I am of you. <laughs> so I said no to the party. That next Monday, half of, my, of our um, soccer team got kicked off because of what happened at that party. And I could have been there. And I'll never forget talking to all the friends and different people about it. And it was devastating. It was awful. The stuff that came out, it was brutal. But what stood out to me the most was not their brokenness, but as I'm watching these kids coming back, they wanted Jesus. They wanted grace. And I had an opportunity to share the love of Christ with them. You see, my obedience is what stood out to them. Because they were thinking, well, why, would you, why would you not want to do all this? And the truth was, I was very afraid, I'll be honest, of what my dad would do to me. But to be honest, I had a, a fear of the Lord that was beginning to build in my life. And one of the things that can help propel the gospel better than ever is Christians that don't just say do this, but they actually live it out. And I believe that's what PCC is called to be. We are called to be people that aren't just hearers of the word, but we're doers of the word. And, and I tell you that story not in pride because, trust me, I've made my mistakes. I've made lots of them. But I tell you that story because oftentimes in church, you hear the stories that seem to make celebrities out of all the sins someone's done. And then at the very end, they're like, oh yeah, and then I found Christ and everything's okay now. No, 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 no. Christ is always a trade-up. Don't get it twisted. God is always way better than anything the world ever has to offer you. But here's what I want to say just real clearly. If there is sin and disobedience in your life, we know where that leads. Romans said it very clearly, Romans 1, for the wages of sin is death. Today we're going to give you an opportunity to respond if there's sin in your life. Don't, don't play with it. Don't mess with it. Because you are called to be known for obedience to Christ. The second thing we must be known for is that you're established in Christ. Verse 25, now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ. Established. Are you established in Christ? I want you to look around this building real quick. Just look around, look around. Isn't this beautiful? I love it. Did you know that this isn't the first building that PCC's been a part of? Some of you are like, oh, really? This church was established in 1924. Next September, we're going to be celebrating 100 years. Man, I'm excited about that. I don't know if we're, we're going to get there. 100 years together. It's had two name, uh, two name changes, survived lots of 
highs and lows, times when the money was strong, times when we were barely holding by faith, families sacrificing, families praying, meeting in houses, doing everything they could. Pastor Ray and Linda, who are here, we're so honored to have you, led us into a campaign where we're now debt-free. Isn't that amazing? And many of you here are part of all that. Why am I saying, on the, saying all that? Because as great as all of those things are, every single person who's done those things is saying it's because of Christ. I, have a, I am firmly established in Jesus Christ. And so here's what I want you to hear from me when I say that. When you go through a, hurt, a hard time in your life, always run to Jesus, not away from him. He is the one that establishes you. He is the one that's your firm foundation. So what, what does that look like? It looks like this. I'm over here doing my own thing. Christ is right there. I run to him. And I grab him, I hold him, and he forgives me and he gives me grace. Some people, they turn their back and they run away. Who are you going to be today? If you want a life that will be built to last, it's established in Christ. Paul wants us to be very clear. A, th a thriving church is always established on Christ. Not by a personality, not by giftings of man, but on Jesus Christ. Amen? Third and final one. A church that is flourishing will have discernment. Say discernment. Discernment looks like this, verse 27. I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. Wise, the word there is sophos. It means sages, skillful with discernment and wise. Innocent is pure, innocent, formally or unmixed. Discernment is when you have, you have wisdom and innocence working together in the same thing. Wisdom is rightly applied knowledge. And innocence means that I am pure before the Lord. I am without mixture. And a beautiful and really frustrating example of that is a man named Solomon. Who's heard of Solomon? King Solomon in the Old Testament. He was given a choice by God to have anything he ever wanted. And what did he ask for? Wisdom. God granted it to him. But Solomon had a problem. He had wisdom, but he didn't have innocence. He had wisdom, but he didn't have innocence. And you'd be like, what, what, what do you mean by that? He had a thousand women, 700 wives, 300 concubines, all in his house. That's called foolishness. Anybody else agree with me on this? The wisest man on the planet didn't have innocence, didn't have purity. And why would I choose that word purity or innocence? Here's why. Because he did exactly what God told him not to do. His warning was, if you allow these women to come in from all around the nations, they will turn your heart away from me. And that's exactly what happened to Solomon. He did not pay attention to the warning of false teaching. What you permit in your house, you promote. Are you permitting in your house, let's take it personal, 
by the television shows that you watch, the movies that you watch, the music you listen to, and the YouTube channels going on in your house. All of those are gateways into your home. You see, it's easy to call out Solomon, but is there innocence in your house? What lengths will you go to preserve purity in your home? Oh, Pastor Nate, it's not that bad, is it? I don't think Solomon thought that. Oh, it's not that bad. That's just the Egypt's the old gods, whatever. All, the, all these different countries and pagan worship. Oh, that's just whatever, whatever. And then slowly but surely, his heart turned toward the pagans. And his heart became divided. And the kingdom was stripped from him because he did not obey God. You see, Paul's not just saying, greeting, hello, hello, hello. He's given us a very stern warning. It is so much more than sunscreen, folks. It's a strong and stern warning for every single person in this room to guard what you listen to, to guard what you watch, to guard what you believe, and most importantly, guard who you worship. The songs that we sing, these moments that we come together as a body of Christ, they are so powerful because if you will engage with God, if you will love him, if you will serve him all the days of your life, he will establish you. He will make you fruitful. He will help you propel the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's how good our God is. But are you going to take Paul's warning this morning? If you could stand with me, we're going to close. When I was at Northwest Bible College, lots of friends that went into ministry and quite a few of them are still pastoring, doing great work. It's pretty exciting to see. But one of my friends, he married uh, one of the girls there. They were both in college at Northwest. They were doing youth ministry, doing a great work. And then another church in the Bellevue area, I don't wanna say the name, um, called them and they became pastors there in the church started as a little church plant in the middle of a junior high gymnasium and it grew to over 8,000 people. They were preaching the gospel. People were getting baptized. It was amazing. And they're getting campuses and growing and growing and flourishing and everything is going amazing. In fact, one of their pastors who I knew from college as well, he called and tried to hire Myel and I. And we were praying about it and we just felt checking our spirit. Nope, don't go there. So we said no. Fast forward about 10 years, the church dropped down to 300 people. And the, this couple that I love and know do not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They believe it's a metaphor for how we're supposed to live. When you take out what Jesus did, you have no power. And it didn't start with them saying that. Come on. It was one little lie after another, after a lie, after another, after another, after another. And slowly they begin this slope until now they don't even believe in God. They don't believe Jesus. They believe in good teaching. Saving the environment is all they're up for. You see, as your pastor who loves you, my prayer is that you would know the truth and the truth will set you free. Because you are saved by grace alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone. 
This is no game. My prayer for every single one of you here is this. That you would know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But as I'm talking, I can tell some of you are wrestling with some things because there's things the Holy Spirit is starting to highlight in your life where you've started to make some compromises, where you've started to let things into your house, where you've started to watch shows that if Jesus was sitting with you, you probably wouldn't be watching. You've started to say things about other people that you know you would never say if anybody else was listening to you. We forget that gossip is one of the things God hates. Don't you see everything that Paul is warning us about is for our benefit? Not to be legalistic, not to be hurtful, but to be free, but to be free. As we close Romans today, my prayer is for all of us that we would lay down anything in our lives that is not bringing glory to him. Is there anything in your life that you need to lay down today? If I could have you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. If you're here, just say, Pastor Nate, as you're talking, I've allowed things into my life. I love Jesus, but I've begun that slippery slope. I need, I need God to forgive me, and I need to do some house cleaning today. I need to take some things off my cell phone. I need to change my priorities. I need to get back to my first love. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray with you right where you're at. Thank you. I see those hands. Lots of hands going up. Anybody else? Thank you. You ready to put some things aside? Thank you. You ready to put some things aside? Lots of hands. So, Father, right now I pray for every hand that's up. I just pray right now that they would be people full of your spirit at this moment right now and that you would give them the wisdom and the power to remove anything that doesn't belong in their life. I ask, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, for your forgiveness. Forgive us, Lord. Wash us and make us clean. We put those things at the altar and we say, no more. No more. I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to offer some worship to Jesus for these next few moments. And my prayer for every single person is that your heart would be fully devoted to God. Nobody else. Amen. Would you lift your hands with me? Let's sing this song together. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.